0: Yes, Heavenly Father, we gladly bow our knee and help us, help us to worship you alone. Help us to worship you alone, certainly in this place, but even more so, help us to worship you alone outside of this place and outside of this day. Because you are the true God. You are the Lord of all creation. You are most high, most holy. You are worthy of our best. And Lord, we are, we are only frail, sinful human beings. But you loved us so much that you gave us your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to live amongst us and to die for us and to rise from the dead and to send your right hand so that we could have eternal life. Jesus came to give eternal life to those who believe in his name and that he was sent by you, God our Father, to be the Messiah, Savior of the world. And may we walk In that light, and may you help us, Lord, to grow in holiness, to be holy as you, our Lord God, are holy. And I just pray right here, right now, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds and our very beings. To hear your word. The words that are in the Bible. And may I. May you help me. To bring those words. To your people. So that we could be changed. By having come into this place called St. David's here. To worship you. With all that we are. And with all that we have. And Lord we are forever grateful that you have called us to be your sons and daughters. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. I see that uh, Spencer's done a good job of uh, clearing this place of most of the men. That uh, Hopefully they're all on retreat, and they're you know all not away taking a, uh, a Sunday off, but whatever, they're... Um, no, our men are on on retreat and it is and we we've been praying that they you know have drawn closer to God as they are up in, in Big Bear. But we are here and Jesus is here. And Jesus has prayed a mighty prayer for us in today's gospel. Um I'm sure most of you have asked someone, please pray for me. Or you've been asked to pray for someone else. And you pray for yourself. You pray for loved ones. You pray for things to happen. Pray for me. I mean, I'll say pray for me. Pray for this. Pray for that. Pray for healing. Uh, Pray that you would be made known more in this world. That's what we do, and that's what we're we're called to do. But as I look at John chapter 17, I have to ask myself, how often do I pray these things that Jesus Christ prayed? Lord, keep me in your name. Protect me from the evil one. Sanctify me by the truth of your word. Jesus has given us a great model prayer. And as we get to this point in John's Gospel, John chapter 17 is the end of Jesus' last teaching to his disciples. It's known as Jesus' upper room discourse. And Jesus has been preparing his disciples for his departure from the earth where they live, from this world. He washes their feet in chapter 13. He tells them, you know, that he's going to die. Peter says, oh, no, no, Lord, you, you can't do that. Um, and he also says that one of the 12 would betray him into the hands of the Pharisees. Then he, does a, he gives them great news, which I'm sure they don't, they don't get, in chapter 14, that God, His Father, is going to send them a helper after He goes, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, to come alongside them, to be their advocate. John chapter 15, it's all about abiding, remaining in, in God, remaining in Jesus Christ, remaining In his love. That's where we're the best. That's where we're the the safest. They're the most secure. And it's going to really be important after Jesus dies. He's with them every single day. And towards the end of John chapter 16 verse 32. Jesus says that his disciples will be scattered. And will leave Jesus all alone. So Jesus knows that his disciples are grieved. To hear that he will be leaving to them. He knows they don't they don't fully understand all of this. So he comes to chapter 17 and he does what Jesus does best, like no other Jesus prays. He prays to his heavenly Father. And he begins by praying for himself the work that he is going to be completing. He's faced opposition, but now he's going to the cross to do what he knows he was called to do. And that's to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And so he prays that the Father would glorify him and complete this process. Because that was how God, Jesus would most glorify God, his Father, to give God the glory, the honor, the praise that is due his name. So as we look at what Jesus prays about and then what he is going to do, and you know, he starts off by saying the Father has come, so it's clear he's going to be going and he's going to be dying. There's good news in this. There's also bad news you know, to these disciples, but there's good news to them. As well. They can't grasp all of that, or maybe even a lot of that. but we know today that is very good news, and it's the best news uh, that we have. And what's so great about it, Jesus says in John 17, verse two, that you, Father, have ga- gave me authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given me." I may give eternal life. Your Bible says he, but I just needed to do that the way I was reading it to make it sound grammatically correct. This is, and then he goes on in verse 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The disciples knew him, but then all disciples, to follow are going to be able to know him and actually they're going to be able to know the father and to be in right restored relationship with God because Jesus goes to the cross to die for their sins and Jesus says that these disciples that they kept the word that God gave them they were obedient to it And I think here this obedience, because we also know, like us, that they were disobedient in things. But what they obeyed and what we who call Jesus Christ our Lord is that we hear God's voice that draws us to Jesus. And when we're drawn to Jesus and we believe in him, Jesus passes on. The revelation of God the Father, the things that God the Father has given Jesus Christ to make known to the world. And this is important. It goes from the Father to the Son. And what's important for us is that Jesus, while He's God in the flesh, I mean, He is God, He depends on His Father. And He only gives the Word that God His Father gives. And that's important for us human beings and tells us how dependent we are and we need to be on God our Father, Jesus Christ the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus begins this, talks about the work that he has completed and then really starting in verse 9 he talks he starts to pray for his disciples and he says i ask on their behalf i do not ask on behalf of the world but of those whom you have given me for they are yours so he's praying for these people and it's for his disciples and he'll pray later for the world but right now i mean the world They they aren't with him. They're opposed to him. So this prayer, he's not praying for them. He wants them to be brought into this world. And that's part of our purpose and his disciples' purpose is to help God bring these people in to his band of disciples. But he's praying this for his disciples. And Jesus prays three things. He prays that, first in verse 11, Holy Father, keep them, my disciples, in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. And then he goes on in verse 15, keep them from the evil one. And actually the, the whole verse says, I do not ask you to take the disciples out of the world, but to keep them From the evil one. And then finally in verse 17 he prays. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So let's now take a look at these three prayers. He starts in verse 11 by saying. Keep them in your name. It's an interesting thing to say. I don't don't know that I hear that all that necessarily much. I mean, those specific words. So what what is he saying? Now the name is important in the Bible, and, and that is said, and especially in the Old Testament. Psalm nine, verse ten says that those who know your name put their trust in you, and this name is something, and, and maybe. You know, it's the same thing. I guess I really haven't always thought of it this way. You say a name and you know what that means. And yeah. Jesus has, and he says in verse 6, I have manifested your name. I have made known your name. I have revealed your name. Jesus has made known God's character, God's attributes, God's words, God's desires for humanity and, and, and for humanity. His creation. So when Jesus says that name, it's, it's more than just the name God. It's all that God encompasses. And Jesus has been doing that work. As he said, I've been keeping them in your name. They've, these disciples have been with him for three years. Certainly the band of twelve has been very close with Jesus, But there are other disciples who've been following as well. So this is a strong community and Jesus has been there to keep them in God's name. And being in God's name, and we'll kind of talk more about that when we get to sanctify them. You're kind of, I belong to God. I belong to his name. Well, there are things... You know that are expected if you say that you belong to to God, to belong to His name. There's characters. There, there, there's your character traits. There's your words. There's your deeds that you're supposed to reflect. And Jesus has shared that, and Jesus is the perfect image of that. And it's really in G- Jesus himself, his person, his character that has revealed God. He is God in the flesh. They can see Jesus as a man so they can understand who he is. And by understanding, seeing, and believing who he is, they can learn more about their God. And Jesus has shown and taught them that this commitment to God is a It's something that needs to be a life commitment. It needs to be a passionate pursuit that they have. And it's something that requires, you know, obedience and and persistence in God's word. So Jesus is praying. Now that he is going to leave the scene, he wants them to remain. He wants that work that he has done to continue in These disciples. So he's asking his father to keep them in God's name and in God's word. And this is important because while Jesus says, I am leaving this world, they are of this world and they are going to be in this world. And and all of this world is, is not aligned with God. And when John talks about world, he's speaking a lot about those. I mean, there's that big world that we all live in, Jesus' disciples and those who are not. But there's also, John is also referring to those forces that are opposed to God, that are rebellious to God, and they are led by uh, Satan, the evil one. And these things are going to challenge, and they're going to threaten his disciples, and tempt them to stray from God's word and stray from reflecting God and Jesus Christ to the world around them. Because disciples are called to live as Jesus lives, and that's and since Jesus doesn't live in all or many of the ways that those who are not of him live, they are going to be different. They are going to look different, and the world knows that. And there are going to be some who are going to attempt to harm them spiritually and even physically. And as we know, these disciples, um, all but one of them died, were persecuted, were killed for their faith. And I think Jesus's statement to his disciples in John fourteen twenty three. kind of uh, sums up what Jesus wants God to continue in his disciples if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him we will live in him because that's how they are going to be kept in God's name And as we know from John chapter 14, God will be sending the Holy Spirit to continue this process of growth and discipleship for his disciples and then keeping them in God their Father. And in addition to asking his Father to keep his disciples in his name, Jesus prayed to God to protect them from the evil one. Because the disciples belong to Jesus. God the Father and the Holy Spirit, Satan the evil one, is going to go after them. Since Jesus is no longer physically present with his disciples, he asks God to protect them, to guard them, to keep watch over them so that they will not follow the ways of Satan and evil and not lose their faith and commitment to Jesus. Now there can be, you know, we can just say, hey, you know what, today I'm going I'm to go follow the evil one on this. that, that That's maybe often not how it's going to happen. It can happen a lot more subtly. And it can also happen a lot more, you know, forcefully. Um, I just, you know, for me last night, I mean, I think it helped me in this uh, in this process of of uh, preaching and then, you know, and celebrating the services today. But uh, didn't get a lot of sleep as I often don't the night before I preach. But you know, as uh, I woke up a couple times, but the second time it was it was a pretty bad dream. And I know it's not, and I just, right when I got up, I go, I go, that was the, that was the devil right there. Because it was just not a good thing that was happening to peep, to peep somebody that I was with. And it's, so there's these things that, that we don't know. And then, you know, the devil exploits our weaknesses. You know, he's going to try, you know, try those things that are going to entice you. Um, And God, Jesus knows this. He knows, you know, that we're weak, we need protection. He also knows the power of the enemy that we face in this world. And he speaks to this, he tells Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse 32, I've prayed for you that your own faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. We need... We need God's prayers. We need Jesus' prayers. We need our prayers. We need prayers of our brothers and sisters. We need to be a community together that helps each other grow in our faith and strengthens our faith. And we also see, you know, so there's, you know, there's that type of protection, but there's also the physical protection. God and especially in the New Testament, I mean, I'm not going to say these first disciples are any more important than you and I are or anybody else, but they're pretty important. Because without them, if they do not remain, where are we? The story has to be told. And we see in Acts how the Holy Spirit protected the lives of Peter and John as they were proclaiming Jesus. And we also see how they were filling them. to speak. These were untrained, uneducated men. They were fishermen. And the religious leaders couldn't believe the words they were proclaiming. They also didn't like the message that they were proclaiming about Jesus Christ. But God kept them alive. And we especially see this. And Paul tells us about this. Well, we're told about it in Acts. And then he speaks about it in his writings. God's hedge of protection around these people and, and he provides that to us too. I, I think the, the story I remember the most, about 12 years ago I was in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania for a week with a church called the Shepherd's Heart, which is an intentional, uh, it's an, uh, was an Episcopal church under Archbishop Robert Duncan's uh, jurisdiction and still is. Um, they had an intentional ministry to the homeless, and there was one gentleman. We spent a week lived in the, the row houses that they had that they were trying to, that they had recently purchased to to help as they were trying to bring homeless people out of homelessness. Of course, share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then one man who came off the streets and was one of their powerful uh, you know servants in ministry. Um, he told he told us a story. As he would be out ministering, there was a particular homeless. Uh, there was a particular man. I don't know that he was homeless, but that was a, uh, a drug user and and probably I, I think you know was somebody who was selling drugs. And and he would preach to this man and challenge him on what he was doing. And then one day, this man had enough, pulled a gun on him. You know, was aiming it at his head. And Mike was unrelenting in what he was saying. And the man fires that gun. And nothing happened. And the man looks at the gun. And I can't remember whether he shot it again or not, but we'll... And then they kind of went away. And as Mike's going away, he hears... Poof! And he turns around, and the man is holding a gun up in the air. And the bullet fired. I'll never forget... That story, that's the type of God that we have when we are about, certainly when we're about his business. He is going to keep his kingdom purposes and his will. He is going to see that that is fulfilled. And then finally, in verse 17, I believe, uh, Jesus asked God to sanctify his disciples in the truth of God's word. And that Greek word, For sanctify also means to consecrate, to dedicate, or to make holy. Theologian Millard Erickson defines sanctification, the process of being sanctified, as the continuing work of God in the life of the believer, making him or or her actually holy. And this word be holy here means bearing an actual, actual likeness to God. To be sanctified is to grow more and more like Christ. As believers, and becoming more holy, more sanctified, growing more and more like Christ is really one of our best protections and guards against falling to the temptations of evil and Satan, the evil one. Because the more of God that we put in, that we consume, you know, that we eat so to speak, when we eat God's word, we are, we are with, we abide in God, we let his love, we let him do the work. I mean, there's a, you know, we participate, but, but God does so much and a lot of the work and we need to be open. And, and I think the work we do is we choose who we will follow. And God will be faithful, you know, to, to grow us and, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will mold and shape the believer to grow in Christ's likeness so that he or she can serve God in word and deed. Because God wants holy disciples to reach out together for Christ to a lost and needy world. If you're going to make Christ known in your words, in your deeds, your acts of service, in your love and who you are, you need to look like Christ. It only makes only makes sense. I can't go out and help the Lakers come back from a three-to-one deficit, I don't look like a basketball player. And Lakers are already old enough. They don't... You've, you've got to look like Jesus. That is what a disciple's called to do. When you believe in Jesus... That's the beginning. That's the beginning of your new life. It's a great thing, but you don't stop there. That's what sanctification and that process is all about. And all disciples are in the process of sanctification. We are never going to get there. Not until Christ comes again and we are made perfect in him. But we need to be on that road to become more and more holy um, I, I, you know, I don't have the time to go into it, but, um, I, I, and I'm sure you all, I mean, I would ask you, look back, and that doesn't mean, don't look back to be satisfied, but, um, I don't know about you, but if I look back, gosh, it's 20 years now, where I was, I can look back 10 years, I can look back 5 years, I can look back 2 years, um and and I can see you know how God has helped me to grow more holy and and just because I stand in front of you wearing white doesn 't mean that that I am holy. this is a position um, but there's a call there 's a call for all of us we 're all called to be holy as God is holy and I have a long way to go. But I'm excited about that that process and we should be excited about that process. And and I think we should always be checking ourselves. Are we growing more like Christ and do we desire cuz really how you know we're we've got a lot of I got a lot of rough edges I'll speak speak for myself. But but the, I think one of the keys is are we intentionally going in Christ's direction. Are we letting him be God? Are we letting him lead us and guide us and mold us and change us and do whatever with us that he wants to do? Cuz that's what Jesus is praying for here. And this is important because while I said Jesus was praying this for his disciples, he's praying this so that the world, I mean, what he wants the disciples so that the world may believe that you sent me, so that the world will see Jesus Christ and they will believe who Jesus is, that he was sent by God. So Jesus' prayer for his disciples then, as well as now, remains his prayer for disciples, us disciples today. Remain in God's name, in Jesus' name. Pray for protection From the evil one, be sanctified. Become more holy. As I said, believers should be on a life-consuming quest to become more and more like Christ. And that quest includes reading, studying, and knowing the Bible, and asking God and allowing God to transform you by that. This is our greatest revelation of God that we have today and as i think eugene peterson has a has a book called eat this book we need to spiritually eat this book we need to let this book come inside of us we need to let G- his word live within us and the only way we can do that is if we in, inhale this and we make this and you're never going to know it's you know there's knowing it but then there's having it work on you and getting and God just continues to reveal in it. So that needs to be our lifelong quest. And, of course, praying and, you know, being in community and loving, loving God, loving your neighbor. And Peter, 2 Peter verse 3, chapter 3, verse 18, kind of sums it up a bit. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Dallas Willard says in his book, The Great Omission... Reclaiming Jesus' essential teaching on discipleship, that our directions, the directions for disciples as we go are clear, to be disciples, to be apprentices of Jesus in kingdom living, and by our life and words as his apprentices, to witness, to bring others to know, and to long for the life that is in us through confidence in him. It's all true, it works, it is accessible to anyone, and there is nothing in the world to compare. That's all willard says live like christ live in god's word serve god in works of service proclaim god's words of eternal life through your words and deeds to a lost and hurting world that's what jesus prays for he prayed for his disciples then and he prays that for us now amen Amen.